afternoon, Seven Investors, and welcome to the pre-Christmas edition of Seven Investing Now. My name, of course, is Daniel Brooks Klein. My friends call me Dan. Steve Simonton, you can call me Dan. How was your weekend? And welcome to Seven Investing Now. Hey, Dan. My weekend was great. We uh, drove around and looked at Christmas lights around town. and It was fantastic last night. So, hey, so you have young kids. Well, uh, share their ages if you're willing to. Six, ten, and soon to be 13. So that's an adventure. What are, and are, are they in earshot? Can they hear this while we talk? <laughs> no, unless they're watching the live stream, which I highly doubt. What are their big Christmas gifts this year? Or what were their big requests? I, I'm not going to reveal whether you got oh, them or goodness not. Sakes. Um, they didn't really request anything, but we sort of got them everything. So it's it's like that strange year where we they just mention in passing that they want something. We're like, yoink, shoved in the, the shopping cart. But yeah, so... We we got my 16-year-old a couple of things that sort of just play to the boredom uh, of being stuck in the house. But we've decided that on uh, on June 25th, we're going to be throwing a Chris Monica New Year's party. So anybody who's in the, the South Florida area, we're going to rent out our clubhouse at our at our complex, assuming everything is safe, and just invite everybody we know to like a welcome back to, to the world Chris <laughs> Monica New Year's party. We are hoping everyone is vaccinated by then. Feel free to share your comments. Uh in the queue here. Steve, we were going to be joined by Max Chatsko today, so we're going to play our best Max later in the show. But before <laughs> we do that, uh, we're going to talk our top story today. And our top story, it's one we've been following for a long time. Today's the big day. Tesla has been added to the S&P 500. Let me share a few facts here. It's going to become uh, a 1.6.9% weight. That's the fifth largest on the entire index. Um, yeah. It'll be the sixth biggest company in the large in the large cap benchmark when you count both class shares of alphabet steve what literally happens today like they're going out and buying a whole bunch of tesla right yeah yes yes and no so uh one of the things i guess that um that has been happening over the last several weeks because they announced back in november that this would be happening so investors including passive fund managers and active managers that use the s p 500 as a benchmark uh, they've pushed it up in advance of its entrance as a member of the S&P 500. So uh, it was up 6% on Friday uh, as there as it was uh, preparing to enter the index. And uh, I think over uh, since it was announced back in November, it's, it's up about 70%. So uh, Tesla's up over 700%. Uh, I'm not sure what that, you know, where it is now because it's fallen about 5% today since it was added. But uh, basically to levels not seen since... Thursday. Uh, so nothing, uh, not, not a big deal there for uh, long-term investors, I guess, uh, who are intent on owning Tesla. So I guess one of the things we need to really keep in mind is recall, uh, it actually wasn't added to the index as people, some, some people speculated it would be back in September. Part of that was um, likely due to the S&P 500's uh, profitability rules. The company, companies that are part of the index have to have turned in a gap profit in the past four quarters. And Tesla actually did that two quarters ago, extended that streak with its most recent quarter. And then they finally said, okay, we're adding it now. And I think uh, it was just uncertainty surrounding the profits that potentially prevented it from being added a couple of months ago. Steve, a fair amount of their profits aren't from operations. They're for, uh, you know, things like, uh, like, like environmental credits and, and yeah. other things like that. Does that sure. worry you? Like to, to me, if, if your operations aren't profitable, you're kind of not profitable. It's like, like, remember when Sears would sell yeah. off diehard and be like, we're profitable this quarter. It's like, mm-hmm. you're not, you sold a kidney to like get 10 grand. You can't go sell another one next month. It doesn't work that way. What are your thoughts here? 
there's a, a lot of mathematical acrobatics that uh, that people are trying to do to kind of throw cold water on uh, Tesla's profitability. Uh, I mean, it's there and the source of it for now. Uh, I, I wouldn't be too concerned because, I mean, you could make the same argument for a company like Amazon, which scarcely turned a profit for its first two decades as a publicly traded company. So um, it's it's really not a big concern to me uh, because we're looking at a long-term oriented business uh, and one with much greater aspirations than just simply being uh, only a car manufacturer. Uh, and that's the that's the big mistake I think people make uh, when they try and value Tesla, um, at least relative to its long term potential, is uh, is ignoring its its longer term aspirations, not only in the electric vehicle market, but uh, its kind of robo taxi plans and its energy plans and, and energy storage and battery technology and such. Don't forget uh, boxer shorts and flamethrowers, also big businesses for Tesla. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll say they don't teach mathematics like they used to. That is uh, that is not something that is not something my my son has had to take. But shares are up, uh, you know. And if you bought Tesla at the beginning of this year, you'd be up seven hundred and thirty percent. That is not typical. That is not expectable. That is not something you could plan for. Even all the people who recommended Tesla, nobody got on TV was like, you know what I think is going to happen with Tesla? It's going to be up seven hundred and thirty percent this year. Yeah. Uh, company's market cap is six hundred and fifty-eight billion. Steve, is that realistic? Is that sustainable? Um, <laughs> that is a loaded question. Um, potentially, uh, I I wouldn't count out a, uh, a a nice little correction because it's it's run up so incredibly far. I mean, looking at um, for perspective, uh, I bought my first shares of Tesla and wrote about it at the time, not this past June, but the June before. So about a year and a half ago now, uh, split adjusted 40 bucks a share, I think is is where my that early position was. So that's been like a 15 bagger in a year and a half, which to be clear is not normal. Uh, and I, you know, I wrote about it and said, you know, I think this has tremendous potential, but I did not expect uh, a 15 bagger in 18 months. It's crazy. And uh, so I, I wouldn't count out, you know, a, a nice little pullback that might give people a chance to enter at a lower price. Uh, but I also wouldn't bet against it. And that's part of the reason that you see short interest in Tesla stock at an all time low right now is because um, bearish investors have had to simply abandon uh, their positions because it's just an absurd uh, bet to try and count um you know, to try and to try and actually bet against Tesla and Elon Musk and the momentum that the stock has at uh, this stage uh, is bold, we'll say. Yeah, I'm a Tesla owl. Uh, I am watching it. I am neither bearish nor bullish. I think the company is likely going to do well. I think they might do something like buy Volkswagen. But I do think it's a pretty big leap to go to vehicle maker to becoming, you know, a battery company to all these other things they want to be. They mm -hmm. haven't proven that out to me. Yeah. Um, and I'd also like to see Elon hire a world class chief operating officer. And I know that's very unlikely, but this whole startup ethos of like, we're going to pull all nighters and sleep on the floor and like, that's not sustainable. You can't run forever. Um, <laughs> and I'd like to see them learn how to operate. It's not a well-run company. A and you know, they get the job done. That's very different. You know, I used to run a factory. And if you got a special order, I might sit down to the guys and say, okay, if we work all night and fulfill this order, here's what we can do. We're buying ourselves six more months of we're not going to close. <laughs> and sometimes the guys would be like, okay, let's do that. We'd work all night. But there's a reason for that. It's a once. Tesla is kind of operating that way all the time. Sure. Steve, if you didn't own shares, would you buy shares now? Uh, I'm not adding 
personally. Um, I I would really, really love a, a 20 or 30% pullback uh, before I added to it. But uh, it, it's it's one of those where I'm not adding, but I'm also not betting against it because that just seems insane. So. We would love your comments, no matter where you're watching this, in theory. If you comment, we can see it. Uh, for example, Doris and Renee Carell said, good morning, guys. And uh, we say good morning back. Good morning. Uh, we appreciate everybody watching. We know it's Christmas week. We know probably not the normal audience is watching live. We're not doing a show Wednesday. We are not doing a show on Friday. We're going to be back next week, Monday and Wednesday. We're going to do year end. We're going to do best of uh, and sort of talk about our favorite biggest stories of the year everyone on the team is going to be involved at some point uh there might be a santa costume involved that was going to happen today it might happen (laughs) on on monday uh not me i of course will dress as baby new year's uh but max was thinking about a santa costume that could happen steve before we get to what we're watching this is of course brought to you by seven investing we are both lead advisors at seven investing we sell a subscription service for $17 a month or $170 a year. You get our seven best stock picks. Each of us makes one pick, uh, our highest conviction pick, and we give you a write-up. We give you a 15 to 20-minute call where everyone else on the team can ask questions and push back. You get a ton of information about each pick. But, Steve, it's going to be Christmas. Hanukkah has passed. There's all sorts of holidays I'm probably forgetting. How do you give someone a gift subscription to seven investing. I know most people probably have 10 people. They want to give a gift gift subscription to. It's not that easy. How do they do it? Uh, if you do want to get the subscription, just send us a note info at seveninvesting.com. Uh, send us an email. I will personally help you get that set up. It only takes a couple of minutes. Uh, it's very easy. And we've had uh, a pretty fair number of people do that already so far. So uh, pretty easy process. I will let you know exactly how to do it. Just send us an email info at seveninvesting.com. I will answer that personally. Now it is, of course, time for what we're watching. We were supposed to be joined by Max Chatsko today. Max having some uh, some not that big a deal family issues that took him off the show today. So uh, we are more than happy to fill in for Max because Max brought up a story. And Steve, this one could be a game changer. Mm-hmm. The headline is, do we really need two v- doses of coronavirus vaccines? What was it Max was going to tell us about that? Well, uh, there's not a whole lot of data right now, but it appears that a single dose of um, both the BioNTech, that's the one that's in collaboration with Pfizer, and the Moderna vaccines are over 90% effective at preventing infections. Uh, That kind of creates the possibility that we can prioritize everyone uh, receiving a single dose first, then doling out booster shots to everybody in late 2021. Um, It remains to be seen, I guess, uh, without a lot of data to support it. Um, whether they will be able to actually uh, implement this. And we also have you know, some, some governmental strife uh, that's obvious <laughs> that might prevent uh, you know, a, a you know, semblance of an organized national plan to actually implement this. So uh, we will see uh, how this turns out. But uh, you know, not all the vaccines require two doses anyway, so it might not be a, that big of a stretch. Uh, but you know, it could mean uh, if we're able to pull something like this off, give everybody a single dose followed by a booster later next year, it could open up the economy uh, by summer, uh, maybe schools by next fall. Yeah, I, I, I actually think Max is being pessimistic. I, the forecast was we were going to be open by summer in terms of vaccines available for everyone who wants one by April, May under sure. the old system. What this should allow is with what we're expecting, let's say by February, we have the data to -hmm. prove that one dose. And remember, the the 25 million doses that are out there that are being given 
all of those people have had for a month. We'll have some data from those people. So we can check on this, prove it. And hopefully it's true. If it's true, twice as many people can be vaccinated, add in the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which is very likely to, to, to apply for approval in January. And we're really looking at one, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine can be in regular refrigeration. So we're going to have an array of solutions. Uh, there's also a fourth one that, that I'm forgetting, maybe AstraZeneca, that's also on the fast track. Mm-hmm. And people ask, well, is this typical? And I'll say, I've been trying to get into the Johnson and Johnson study. I did all the pretest. They might be done with people in my area. But they tested that first for what happens if you take one dose And what happens if you take half a dose? The part of the study I was going to be in was what if you take a full dose and then 57 days later, take a second dose? So it's, it's not atypical that they test these vaccines all different sorts of ways. And if we can get everyone vaccinated and it's 90% and then do those booster shots later on, we're going to be able to open the economy. This is really good news that is being really unreported. So if you're looking for news, you're not getting elsewhere. That is here on seven investing now. Steve, as we move on here, I want to grab a couple of comments. Um, have you ever driven a Tesla? Uh, Tucker asks. I, I haven't, but uh, I will say that I've seen a massive increase in the number of them around my town. So we're up in you know, northwest Montana. That's saying something if we're seeing Teslas all over the place. I'm in West Palm Beach, so it's not crazy to see nice cars, but I'm shocked at how many Tesla superchargers there are and mm-hmm. how many Teslas you see. Now, obviously, there's more superchargers than there are Teslas because I've never seen them full, uh, but they do <laughs> seem to be building that out really well. But Steve, for your what you're watching, you want to talk about the other big news of the day. Oh, yes. Con- Congress is passing a stimulus, uh, and there's some good stuff in it, and there's some maybe bad stuff in it. What are your th- thoughts here? Uh, well, yesterday evening, that's that's kind of the other big news that we can't ignore uh, right now is that Congress finally came to terms on a bipartisan stimulus package. It's a $900 billion deal uh, that includes, uh, you know, not limited to, but uh, includes a nine, $600 payments for most adults, uh, $600 per child. So another direct payment round. Actually, uh, this morning, I believe uh, they were saying that people could start seeing that money in their bank accounts by as early as next week. So they're trying to roll it out really fast. Has $284 billion in new uh, PPP loans for small businesses, uh, $300 federal unemployment supplement that should temporarily keep in place uh, pandemic programs that expanded eligibility for unemployment insurance. Also has $30 billion in, uh, for procurement and distribution of vaccines related to what we were just talking about. Has some relief for hospitals, uh, some money for schools and colleges, expanding Pell Grants. Uh, $45 billion for transportation. About a third of that's going to go to airlines, which obviously need the help right now. Um, but the other well, thing... And that, and that's, that, let me jump in. That's conditional sure. on the airlines bringing back laid off workers. So yes, just so exactly. everyone doesn't get outraged, that money is much like the original tranche of money where it has to go to employees or they have to give it back. So, yes, so it, exactly. I don't want airlines getting money. Do not invest in airlines because of this. Uh, Those were bad investments before this. They're bad investments now. I like Southwest. And if you truly believe they're going to recover, six months from now, they'll be a decent price. There is no reason to run in now uh, where there's just a lot of dumb money going into airlines and other travel stocks. We we could go off on tangential thinking there. Uh, Plenty, you know, talking about how Buffett ditched his airline investments back in May, talking about how, uh, you know, they took all that money and basically that leaves shareholders, you know, it's got to come back out of profits, the money they're receiving because they have to pay it back. 
and uh, it's it's going to come back at big shareholders, you know, 15 billion at a time, uh, less wealthy. So uh, anyway, um, the other thing I think that uh, we should ignore is that uh, on the Democrat side of the aisle, uh, Biden is saying uh, that this is only the beginning. Uh, he's calling it sort of a down payment uh, for what's to come. Uh, he, he and uh, the rest of the Democrats believe that uh, more stimulus is needed and they will pursue another deal um, after he takes office in January. So uh, expect to see that in a couple of months. Uh, we're going to see that dominating headlines again. Uh, Steve, I'm pessimistic there. Um, mm-hmm. Even if Georgia go goes, you know, both of them to the Democrats, and I don't expect that to happen, yeah. that makes it 50-50 in the Senate. I'm not 100% sure there's rock-solid support for even more federal debt, even more money going sure. out. I think there'll be some targeted stimulus. There'll be some obvious industries that need help. I think there's some some big things missing here. Yes, there's the small business stuff. There should be much more directly for restaurant and bars. There should be much more for non-corporate owned uh, travel and other and other things like that. Um, so, Steve, I'm excited about this. The markets are, are a little bit down today. Does that mm-hmm. mean anything? Or is this just kind of like it was baked in anyway, so there's a bit of an exhale? Uh, I, I think it's a combination of that uh, Tesla's addition, you know, the pullback, you know, we have the sixth large, largest company now in the S&P 500 fallen a fair bit. Uh, and this is a market cap weighted index. I wouldn't really read too much into the day to day movements of the market anyway. Uh, but uh, I don't think this is you know necessarily a sell the news event. And uh, it was widely expected to happen. And, uh, you know, I remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, talking about this is my what I'm watching and, you know, saying essentially, you know, this should happen. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. I think that it happens sooner than later because I do think uh, that this was needed in order to stave off further complications when it comes to small business failures and, uh, and, and individuals, uh, the little guy struggling uh, really needed this help. So. Hopefully the government uh, and the banks can figure out how to give it out so it doesn't end up end up being an endless array of stories about how like big businesses got the money and like you find out that like Tom Brady's company got like thirty million and what yeah. was it like the Cheesecake Factory and I'm actually fine with businesses as long as it goes to employees. Before we go to the home stretch, Sam Bailey in the booth. Uh, I'd like to take the last comment that just came in. Uh, Lilienthal Jeff says, do you think the bank buybacks will make a significant difference for those stocks in 2021? No, I don't. Um, I really <laughs> think that buybacks are are one of those things that they're nice. It's, uh, it you know, props up the stock a little, but the bank stocks are going to do well because the ones that are in the market, there's a ton of activity there. Mm-hmm. Anybody in the mortgage space, rates are low, but they can pick and choose. There is an enormous amount of demand. Uh, and it's kind of a good time to be a, deba- a bank with the exception of rates being very, very low. Steve, any thoughts to add there? Um, yeah, and I think that question's coming in response to the uh, Fed uh, the Fed announcing that they would allow uh, the res- resumption of buybacks. And I think uh, like JP Morgan, for example, just a, a, no, within minutes of that announcement uh, this morning announced that uh, a new share purchase program of $30 billion, which is a, a pretty big, um, you know, it's large, but yeah, I, I do think they will benefit more um, <clears throat> from broader kind of market tailwinds and the current environment than necessarily buybacks. But uh, we shouldn't necessarily throw too much cold water on the topic of buybacks and uh, their impact on long-term returns because sustained over years, uh, they can have a significant uh, significant positive impact on shareholder returns. So uh, not a bad thing for them, obviously, but uh, 
uh, a huge impact? Maybe necessarily not. <laughs> we're going to head into the home stretch. Tucker, stick around. After the home stretch, we're going to take your question. Uh, but let's talk about New Year's resolutions. Uh, I'm going to go first. The, the question is, do you make any? Um, and I, I, I do. I try to do something manageable in my life. So I did a couple of things. Right before New Year's, a couple of weeks ago, I bought an Apple Watch. Um, and my goal is every day to fill all three of those rings. So I found myself doing things like taking a brisk walk at 1030 at night so I can get like 12 more minutes of exercise. Mm -hmm. I actually think it's made a major difference in terms of accountability because when you're doing that, when you're seeing literally how many activity calories you're getting, it kind of makes you at Starbucks go like, do I get the 40 calorie coffee I don't like as much or the 230 calorie coffee that's much better? So I've done that, but the real big thing I'm going to do, my New Year's resolution this year, uh, is I'm going to examine my purchases more. Steve, you know I'm an electronics guy. Yeah. I own about 45 different batteries, like the things you plug your phone into, and I have three different ones on order right now. Now, some of that is needed. I live in a place that has hurricanes. You need to have a big store of power because you might lose power for four or five days. <clears throat> it's not, but I definitely have too many. I have four different coffee makers in my shed at our other house and i recently just bought a new coffee maker and that was compounded by the fact that someone accidentally sent me two so i am awash in stuff i am eager for the the pandemic to be over to be able to have a yard sale or frankly just let my neighbors come and take what they want so i'm going to try to put like a 24 hour 48 hour hold on anything i impulse buy uh, in the electronic space in 2021 because I probably would have spent about $1,000 less. And that $1,000 invested this year might have been worth, I don't know, fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500. Steve, <laughs> do, do you make any New Year's resolutions? No, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I try, I guess, uh, you know, in my mind, uh, it, it is uh, an interesting opportunity to psychologically uh, re-examine ways that you could potentially better yourself or improve your situation or those around you perhaps. But uh, I also try and recognize that that's something I can do on an ongoing basis throughout the year. So uh, I, I'm looking forward uh, to some semblance of normalcy uh, in 2021, time with my family, uh, fostering seven investing. Those are the things I'll do in 2021. But uh, the turn of the year wouldn't have changed that regardless. Steve, two, two things. Um, if you want pain, ask your friends and family how you might better yourself in the new year. That's not going to go well. <laughs> and, and, and I got to be honest, I love my wife and son. You know what I want in 2021? Less time with family. And I, and I, and I don't mean that. I mean, normally I travel maybe somewhere between six and 10 days out of the month. While mm. I'm traveling, like TV shows build up in the DVR that my wife and I want to watch together. Conversation topics arise because we didn't experience every single thing together. Now it's very, very stagnant. And there are a lot of nights where it's like, oh, there's things I want to watch. There's things she wants to watch. There's nothing left we want to watch together. I think everyone could benefit from a little uh, you know, time with other people, time apart. I'm sure you and your wife would like a couple of nights uh, you know, where the kids are at the grandparents. Uh, so those things are coming. Uh, one person's asking in the queue, uh, can we comment on Tesla and the S&P 500? That's how we open the show. So this show, 7investing now, replays everywhere. You can find it on our YouTube channel. We'd love for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's good for us in terms of opening things up. But of course, it's on Twitter. It's on Facebook. Uh, it is soon coming to LinkedIn. That is a lengthy process, but working on it. Steve, what's the top financial resolution you would suggest people make uh, in 2021? 
if we're making resolutions, uh, I'll uh, I'll repeat something uh, that's perhaps oft repeated on this show. Think longer term. Uh, ditch day trading. You know, don't uh, don't think about short term returns. Don't try and you know uh, make a trade that's going to make you money in two days. Yeah, uh, it's virtually impossible to consistently do, and uh, that's why we are long term investors at Seven Investing. So uh, take a look at it, your time frames. Extend them. Steve, as you know, I'm writing a book uh, that we're going to give out free to anyone who wants it on long-term investing. And the subhead actually contains the word, the words ditch day trading. Not sure if that's going to be in the final. That book is well <laughs> on its way. Contributions from all of the seven investing team. That is going to be free somewhere in probably the second quarter, I would guess. Maybe the first quarter of 2021. So something to look forward to. Here's the best financial advice I would give you. Cut where it doesn't hurt. You always have those people that write those articles. I hated these articles. This is how much money you could save on not buying your morning latte. What if your morning latte is the joy of your day? What if you savor every sip and it's the best part and you're spending $30 a day in a lunch you don't care about? Like You really need to look at what, what brings you joy, what's important. I love the ritual of going to a coffee place, not so much now during the pandemic, but going to a coffee place, sitting there, talking to people, doing a little work, whatever, whatever it is. Even this morning with the mask on, it's the first time I picked up inside a Starbucks because the drive through line was like 80 cars. Uh, so I parked and went in and it was very well done. Uh, that's really important to me. So I'm not going to cut there. There's other money I spend that after you did it, you're like, why did I do that? Like, why did I just spend, you know, $220 on dinner when we could have just gone to like someplace we like for $80? Like, so <laughs> I'm, I, I'm a really big fan of like, you, know, you might have to make painful cuts. Your budget might be, you know, you might be spending more than you have, but a lot of us, if we just don't buy the things we know we're not going to use, like I stopped buying Madden every year. I'd buy Madden every year. I'd play it for like 15 minutes and be like, yeah, I'm too old for this. Not going to do that. Like make those little cuts. Steve, we were going to take a couple of comments here uh, before we move on to our finisher. Tucker says, which industry do you guys see doing better in the next five years? SaaS, genomic, fintech e-commerce and he asks or real estate i think there's going to be winners in all of these spaces i don't pick yeah. um you know look i follow retail you follow SaaS. um I, I i have a real estate pick in my portfolio that members would be aware of mm -hmm. uh, so it's one of those things where i don't invest this way i look for really good companies and the sector is really really secondary yeah. And uh, I would say in answer to Tucker's question, uh, all of the above. And that's why we have uh, recommendations on our scorecard that cover all of those, actually. So SaaS, genomic, fintech, e-commerce, real estate, uh, they are all on our scorecard. We have a little something for everybody and we have filters that allow you to break them down. So uh, seven investing subscribers would know if they look at our recommendations, uh, They believe, we believe that uh, selectively chosen, uh, you can find winners in all those spaces over the next five years. Yeah, and one of the cool things we do here at Seven Investing uh, is we do a monthly call where we all sit down and we have to present our stock, and everyone can ask questions. That went live for members uh, for our December picks today. So mm -hmm. if you go to the Seven Investing website as a member, if you have trouble finding it out, please uh, hit us up at Seven Investing on Twitter. We can share the members only link. It's not going to work if you're not a member. Uh, JE yep. says of, of the book I was discuss discussing, sounds like good reading for a cruise. I'm hoping on some cruises next year to have some members join us to do some stock market talks. Honestly, 
I don't know, read like a Stephen King book or a John Grisham book on a cruise. Like I'm all in favor of people reading our books, but uh, I don't think it's exactly going to be pleasure reading. Of course, you can also buy my book at worst, uh, my book, worst ideas ever on Amazon and they don't send me any money, but it's a funny book. So uh, feel free to do that. We're gonna take one more question. Rob T says, any suggestions on where to keep up with the latest genomics news? It's hard to find info. For example, what in the world is causing the shares of CRISPR and PAC-B to spike? Where you can find the latest seven, the latest genomics news is here on 7investing now. We have two people, Max Chatsko, Manisha Sammy. They cover those industries. My guess is they could tell you those answers, but it's more important to get their long-term perspective on mm-hmm. those stocks, on those businesses. Steve, I would argue we have the best one-two genomics punch of any investing service out there. No, uh, they're incredible. Oh, I, I, And yeah, if you have questions about anything, uh, they're Uh, and in world class, I'm not tag them on Twitter, Manisha Sammy and Max Chatsko. Uh, you can go to our seven investing handle and find theirs. Uh, follow them, they're fantastic. If you have questions, we love talk and shop with our subscribers, and uh, and any one of them would uh, attest to that. So, uh, tag us, we're happy to talk to you. That is at seven investing. Uh, hit us up there, send an email to info at seven investing.com. <clears throat> we will happily answer those questions. Uh, And a specific question like that is something we would absolutely answer in our once a month members only uh, Zoom calls. Happy to do that. But Sam Bailey, Mm -hmm. let's hit our finisher. First and only show for the week. Which stock will have the strongest performance in 2021 by percentage gain? About 8% of you said Zoom. 21.8% said Tesla. 64.2% said Teladoc. And 6.1% said Netflix. I actually would argue Netflix is overwhelmingly the one I would pick. Not that I don't believe <laughs> in all the others. Teladoc, yeah. which is a company I really like, has there's no barrier for other companies, other medical groups starting similar products, and many of them have. I know that through my health insurance, I have a Teladoc-like experience, but it's not mm-hmm. Teladoc. Steve, what would your answer be on this particular question? Uh, I'd vote Teladoc. <laughs> in this case, uh, I, I do think, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I think that uh, impending merger uh, is great news and, uh, and really promising, uh, Tesla, like I said earlier, uh, I'm not selling it. Uh, I'm not adding to my position. Uh, I continue to own Netflix and they've been a big winner over the long term. Um, you know, for, for me. And, uh, I, I think they'll, Netflix will continue to do just fine. Uh, zooms a little bit more interesting. It, it should be interesting to see what happens to zoom stock in particular, not necessarily the business as, uh, as we kind of have that reopening play. Uh, but I do think, uh, we might see a little bit of uh, downward pressure for zoom as the broader economy starts to reopen. And, uh, and some of the, the work from home temporary, trends begin to abate. I think for Zoom, it's going to be perception more than reality. I don't think any company is going to cut its Zoom subscription because they're going to be more open to, hey, I don't feel well. I have a soccer game with my kid or whatever it is, work from home. Obviously, some companies moving to more of a work from home model. Um, That being said, I like Zoom's prospects in five years. I like them in 10 years. I don't like them necessarily for the next few years. And probably there are better places I'd put my money. Again, it's a great business. They're going to grow, but they're not going to grow at the pace they have been when Mm -hmm. in-person meetings become possible. 
I am very much looking forward to our first in-person seven investing team summit. I kind of want to know if like most of you have legs, like I'm not, I'm not even a hundred percent sure. I know it's been, it's been a few years since we've been in the same room, Steve. It's been a a few years, I think, since I've shook your hand last and it's (laughs) killing me. I'm a big like handshaker hugger guy. Everybody knows that. And this year is, is, uh, is, is hurt for that so yeah this has been awful so uh that's it for seven investing now uh, if you have questions for us you can reach out to info at seven investing.com we usually get to these very quickly remember it's christmas week there's gonna be a little bit more family time it might take steve a little bit longer to get back to us and of course you can reach us at seven investing on twitter we are not doing a Wednesday show. We are not doing a Friday show. We will be back Monday with our two-part Monday and Wednesday best of the year. We're going to talk about the biggest stories of the year. Uh, we're going to do more resolution talk, all sorts of fun stuff. There might be a gift exchange. Uh, who knows? Uh, for Steve Simonton, I am Dan Klein. Merry Christmas. We'll see you Monday. A reminder that people on this program may hold positions in the companies that are mentioned. Buying and selling stock carries financial risk, which could include the loss of capital. The views in this program should not be taken as personalized advice. Before acting on any of the information provided, listeners are encouraged to consult a financial or tax professional.